0: episode of Beyond the Baselines, a podcast about where music and sports collide.
1: I'm Brianna Cooper. I'm a music reporter and a current student at IUPUI, so I'm where the music stuff comes from.
0: And I'm Leanne Sterlo. Uh, I graduated from IUPUI in the sports journalism department. Um, Currently kind of a sports journalist. We're getting there. We're we're seeing what happens. Um, So I will be the sports. And we kind of came up with that, you know, this idea for this podcast over many conversations um about both of our own individual passions i guess with music and sports and kind of stepping back and realizing how much the communities are similar and where they cross
1: over and and collide and uh, we were like you know we should just record this so yeah i think it's important to note too that um while this podcast isn't going to be solely about like women's issues. We are two women and you know <laughs> we're fans of things that are typically male dominated rock and roll and and specific definitely sports. Mm-hmm. You've dealt with more shit than I have, I think, being a yeah. woman. I mean it
0: it, it that's was kind of the main thing that we were looking at like how do yeah. we get treated by these communities that we identify with and that we love so much? And it's pretty <laughs> shitty. <laughs> that's <laughs> a new word. That's that's definitely that's, Is it a word? If it's not a word, it's a slang word that people have just accepted into the English language by now, so I'm sticking with it. All right,
1: that's fair. Yeah, but I think out of those conversations, beyond just our conversations about being women in these, uh, I don't want to say fandoms, because I hate that word, but yeah. like, you know, fan groups, um, we started talking about different topics and how they're handled by the communities, um, like violence, specifically drug use. Um, domestic violence was a big one, yeah. especially uh, Leanne's a hockey fan, so that's...
0: It- we're we're dealing with
1: it. Yeah, not really. <laughs> they're not. That's true. <laughs> they're not dealing at with NHL, it. At NHL, where are
0: you at? <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, so um, yeah. So
1: that's that's beyond the baselines. Yeah, and this we will be, we don't we, know
0: how it's spelled, so you pick.
1: Yeah, E or S, depending on if, if you're a music person, definitely with an S. If you're an, uh, I was going to say if you're an E fan, <laughs> we we will not be talking about esports. That's oh, we could do an episode of esports because we could like blend it with electronic music. Ooh, stay tuned. Ooh, okay. Stay tuned. This is really just us brainstorming. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this is going to be a weekly podcast where we just kind of pick, pick an issue um, that relates to both communities and talk about it and dissect the issue a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to jump right into it. So this episode, um, because Bohemian Rhapsody just came out in theaters um, this weekend, it opened with a whopping $50 million in the box office. Um, we're going to be talking about the AIDS epidemic and how it affected sports and music Clearly, because that's what we just described mm-hmm. as the point of the podcast. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about some prominent athletes who um, lived with HIV. Um, and, of course, Freddie Mercury will be the kind of focal point of, of this episode.
0: Yeah, so you said you had
1: a lot to say after
0: the release of this movie. So what are your thoughts? <laughs>
1: Okay, so I just want to start out by saying that I've been waiting my entire life to do a Queen doc, uh, epi- a podcast episode about Queen. I love Queen; they're one of my favorite bands. Currently wearing a Queen
0: shirt. I am just for the occasion that you all couldn't see, but yeah, had to let you know.
1: Yeah, I-, I wanted to be in the spirit. Um, so I was super excited when I found out this movie was coming out. I was really disappointed when I heard when I was reading critic reviews of it. Um, it's a beautiful film. I mean the the cinema, the cinematography. I should learn to speak English before I do a podcast. The cinematography was beautiful. Um, Rami Malek was, the, I mean, clearly the star of the film, but he was like the star of the film. Mm-hmm. And the guy who plays Brian May, we had this conversation earlier. Lee, uh, I'm going to say William Lee. It's I've never seen that you name before. Just have looked up a video or something. I should have. I'm not. Yeah, oh, I didn't. Too really. late now. Yeah, William Lee. Um, was a, a dead ringer for Brian May. I, I think it's a, it has to be a wig, I would imagine. You don't know his hair. I've seen pictures. His hair isn't like that. So I think it's a wig, but he looks exactly like him in the movie, sounds exactly like him. So, you know, that's that. Um, so it was a great movie about a great band that I think is underrated, but it's not overly uh, accurate at all. Mm-hmm. So um spoiler alert by the way if you haven't seen it yet um it doesn't end with live aid but it that's the last climatic part of the film right um and in the movie freddie tells the rest of the band that he has hiv and that's sort of uh why the band got together for live aid um david Ehrlich from indiewire wrote that the film used aids or portrayed aids as the motivation for live aid um so basically I'm not going to live much longer. Let's do this big show and go out with a bang. Um, so Live Aid was in 1985. According to Freddie's partner, he was diagnosed with HIV in April of
0: 1987 and didn't die until 91. 91. So the idea of I'm not going to live much longer, like we have to do this in you know six years before he dies,
1: is yeah. So not true. Mercury <laughs> probably didn't even know that he had HIV mm-hmm. during Live Aid. So it just. I think people's biggest problem with which I've said this before too that that's takes away from them
0: as as people as humans that you know this guy didn't even know probably that to what we know that he had HIV and they still decided to do this um you know
1: big show and like blew the roof off. The, I mean yeah. it was outside so there was no roof but metaphorically blew the roof off the place yeah. right? I mean it's because they turned the speakers up really loud um that's okay well you're learning the magic live aid decoded yeah um
0: (laughs) but i just think it's like like you know i don't know how to explain it really just it takes away from them like in, in a time where especially when hiv was first kind of being discovered and stuff like people that had it were shunned from uh you know society and stuff and here they were still kind of just spearheading taking it head on you know we're going to do this show to benefit these people. And he didn't even know that he had it yet. So I think it just takes away from that and takes away from them as yeah, people. Yeah, because it was a benefit
1: show. Yeah, You know, it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to die. So let's show yeah. the world what we because got. I mean, it obviously, was... if that
0: were the case, not to say that it still wasn't awesome of them to do it, but it's kind of like, well, this affects me in my life. So, of course, I'm going to, you know, like like people start raising money for breast cancer awareness after they have breast cancer. It's like, well, of course, this is your issue. Like,
1: you know, yeah. Yeah, and I think too um, with the film, they were trying to make several different films into one, and it, the the showtime I think is just just under two hours, and they're trying to shove several decades into one film. So I'm completely aware that that's very <laughs> yeah biopics very rarely show the full story, right? But I'm conflicted as a journalist and as a music fan, because as a journalist, if I'm going to watch a biopic, I want all the details, like the nitty gritty. I don't even, I mean, not even that, just a matter of I want the truth. Like, I don't want
0: your dramatized version of what happened just for a good movie.
1: Yeah. But then as a music fan, I'm a believer in the idea that musicians or actors or artists, whatever, they don't belong to us. You know, the works that they create will live on far after they're gone, long after they're gone would be the better way to say that. Um, But they as a person, you know, their personal life is their personal life. But at the same time, if you're already committing to make a biopic, just tell, you know, tell the truth. Mm -hmm. Because when the reports were first coming out that they were pretty much erasing um, the AIDS epidemic, I thought what they were saying was that it was kind of going to be like a cleansed, you know, mm-hmm. recreate it, right? They just kind of I, worked to the timeline around it. Yeah, I mean, because according to Elton John, who was really good friends with Freddie Mercury, um, he was nearly blind by the time he died, and I believe reports he he might have lost his foot. I think I've, I've read that. I don't know if that's been disputed. So I didn't really want that. I thought that was voyeuristic. You know, like I, it, it's one thing to it's one thing to talk about AIDS, but I don't necessarily want to see all of the you know the terrible things that happened with that because. Like I said, that's a personal thing that he went through. But then
0: again, like you brought up before too, though, like this isn't just like a a side piece to his life. Like this inflicted, affected his music, you know. Entirely. So it's like, if you're going to talk about the band, you can't not talk about this. And like I, I compared it to Nirvana before a completely obviously different scenario. But to the same effect that like, you know... You can't talk about Nirvana and Kurt Cobain without talking about the fact that he had serious mental instability and depression and, you know, killed himself. Yeah, ultimately he committed like, suicide, you can't depending talk, on who you talk to. You know, yeah, well, yeah well, That's another podcast. That's 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 yes. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, it's something that affected the band, affected the music. You know, you can't talk about it without talking about that. That's one of the centerpieces of the band, the same way with Queen that... You know, Freddie Mercury, dying needs.
1: Yeah, because I think you know, like I said, um, you know, they were trying to make several different movies in one film, and the first part would be how the band formed, right? You have four kind of misfits who none of them really seem like they'd be in a rock band. Their second album was just really weird, like fairy tale based songs, and then they made uh, A Night at the Opera, specifically Bohemian Rhapsody, and just it's it's like it's not the classic rock that you know, but it has somehow become. Right, the classic rock that we right. know. <laughs> Mike Myers. We talk about yes. this. Wayne's World. Once Wayne's World came out, Wayne's World, uh, it put Bohemian Rhapsody back in the charts. And yeah. he actually sent Queen a letter, and he was like, "I'm so sorry <laughs> for like for." <laughs> I'm fast, so sorry you know, you're
0: stuck with me now. <laughs> just
1: yeah, just for dragging your song through the mud. And then actually, they brought him in. He's in the movie. He's like a producer. Mm-hmm. So, um, but so they were trying to do that movie, and then they wanted to show. You know, so the formation, and then after they took off and what happened. And it did become very much HIV was just sort of put aside. It was just kind of something that he he dealt with on his own. But when you listen to Queen's later work, they had an album that came out after Mercury died, Made in Heaven, um, that had just... it was sad, sad music, because it was a guy who was dying of mm-hmm. a terrible, terrible disease. Um, Specifically, you have Who Wants to Live Forever, and these aren't necessarily on Man in Heaven, but Who Wants to Live Forever, which is just confronting your own mortality. Um, These are the Days of Our Lives, which was written by the drummer Roger Taylor about watching his kids grow up, but there's definitely a double meaning. And then Mother Love, where um, the first half of the song, Mercury is singing about wanting just comfort and care. And then the end of the song is sung, the last verse is sung by Brian May because he couldn't Freddie couldn't record at that point. I don't know if it was the last song they did, but it was one of them because mm-hmm. his voice was pretty much gone after that. Um, so to say that HIV was just sort of a, a, a thing that Freddie dealt with on his own until he died, that's, that's bullshit. I mean, it affected the whole band. It affected their music. Um, and apparently, though, uh, Freddie's... Well, um, Freddie supposedly was supposed to die in the middle of the film, as it was originally written. So mm-hmm. um before Rami Mallet came in to play Mercury, it was actually supposed to be Sasha Baron Cohen, which, uh...
0: May have been questionable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see it. I, I can see it, but I just feel like no one looks at him and doesn't think of Borat, and
0: you just yeah. need to not associate those things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Through, watching Le Miserable, that's all I was thinking like, about when he was on screen. Is like, yeah, that's Borat. Yeah, like, you just,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: no. Why does he have a child? That's not, that's not good. Um... But he walked away from the project or was asked to leave. I don't really know. Um, and he was on Howard Stern, which is another one that's questionable, but another another episode. Yeah. Um, and he told Stern, supposedly, that Brian May and Roger Taylor, who are executive producers of the film, um, wanted Mercury to die in the middle and talk about how the mm-hmm. band went on. And we talked about this earlier, and like the band really didn't go on in a traditional sense i mean they toured with paul rogers i think in 2001 so about a decade after freddie died and then they're not currently on tour with adam lambert but it's like on and off um yeah. like, super good i, show, mean, I think actually. he's gonna stay like
0: i don't like you know he seems like a really good fit uh, like you said before like no, i mean and everybody agrees like nobody's freddie mercury but like adam lambert does pretty damn well <laughs>
1: he's yeah he's fantastic i saw them uh Four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. It was the summer before my senior year of high school. And uh, they're phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this movie is just weird to me because I love Queen. Specifically, I love Brian May. He's one of my favorite guitarists. John Deacon, Mm -hmm. the bassist, is like one of my favorite songwriters of all time. If you haven't heard Spread Your Wings from News of the World, listen to it. It's one of my favorite songs. Um, But, you know, Freddie Mercury having AIDS was such a, a bigger story. And they made it, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where if you don't want to talk about it, don't make a movie. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. just don't make the movie, because you can't talk about Freddie Mercury and not talk about AIDS. Like you said before, like, you can't talk about Kurt Cobain and not talk about... The fact that he battled with depression as well. Yeah, cool. and, his, and his suicide, because that's yeah. a, a huge part of Nirvana's music, unfortunately. I mean, there were warning signs for yeah. Nirvana, but, you know... Well, that's, I mean, because I, I, we were talking about this for, like, I compared... This movie to the
0: more documentary style movie about Kurt Cobain montage of heck, but in there I specifically remember they interviewed Dave Grohl and like he says like looking back on it, how did we miss this? You know what I mean? Everything he wrote was really sad, really depressing, yeah. and really like you know should have been tons of warning signs.
1: And obviously, and, you, know, you know Queen was very poppy and happy in the first yes. half. I mean it's, it's completely yes. different cuz it's not like a, a mental yeah. thing, it's just something that that happens. But um
0: but still in the same way like you you were talking about how towards the end like once he was open about it and everything, it was uh, affecting their music and the way that he Yeah. Was well, he wasn't
1: necessarily stuff. open. Or with, well, okay. he wasn't public. He knew yeah. about it. I believe least, he came so, yeah. he came out yeah, and mean, and like and know. said, you know, he had HIV. I think a day before he passed away. It might have been a few days, but it was not very long at all. Yeah. Well, I just meant like
0: that he had, knew he had it and yeah. was, it was contributing to his songwriting and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And I think too, um, and this is going to lead into the sports conversation we're going to have, but when Freddie Mercury died of AIDS, it, I, I think part of the reason it bothers me so much that it's used sort of just as a, a, a side note in the film is that when Freddie Mercury died of AIDS, it became not that other peop, you know person disease, mm-hmm. right? Because, before you had notable people who were coming forward and saying, I you know I have this disease, it was very easy for people to say that's a you know a drug, drug addict disease. A gay, gay person's disease, disease. disease. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean it's it's literally at the time was known of like the gay disease. Yes. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean but...
1: Freddie Mercury was bisexual, so he wasn't he wasn't straight, yes. but which but I mean it, it contributed and
0: like you were talking about before, you know, Queen in general just had this this aura of being like I was saying for like the classic rock but it's not the classic rock that you know like they're very poppy sounding and I feel like a lot of people treated them differently and just thought of you know what I mean like it it all contributed to the fact that it was like well this makes sense Freddie Mercury you know whatever like and then like yeah it it took other notable people to come forward to kind of be like oh this isn't that and yeah we can't just pin it like that anymore
1: yeah but i think when more people because i know i said he came out just a few days before he he died that he had hiv but um him doing so i think kind of put a face on the disease and it's not mm-hmm. just it's not something that we can just brush off as being that person disease and it's very similar to yeah. like magic johnson who is yeah. the epitome of like yeah masculinity about, yeah, right thinking
0: about this you know trying to say oh how do we compare this to sports i was like well the obvious answer is magic johnson because that's just gen- i mean he's the most notable athlete that's ever um dealt with this and yeah like you're saying to go from the epitome of masculinity is you know male uh, professional athletes and it was probably especially like sports fan community definitely i'm sure at the time even though i wasn't alive um you know, push that aside. and like, oh, that's not going to happen to me. Like, that's that's that person disease. Like, that's not going to be here and the thing that I love and everything. And then you've got Magic Johnson, like I said, one of the most notable, you know, uh, one of the greatest athletes of our time, really, um, came out and said, hey, you know, I didn't get this because I'm gay. I didn't get this because I'm a drug addict. You know, this can happen to heterosexual people that, you know, aren't doing crazy drugs. It's just this is how it is, you know. And I don't, I mean, because he, um, you know, came out saying that he had HIV in 91, um, so it was, like, a little bit later um, and probably a little bit more accepted in the same year that, you know, Freddie Mercury died and stuff, um, but I think it's really, especially in the community that he's in, like, the sports community, to to step out and, like, say that he's dealing with it was a huge step um, and to kind of take the the spot as, like, an advocate for for HIV, um, for like people with HIV is is huge, and I think I'd be interested to know how it would have went if he hadn't done that because I think it helped so much in society um, for people to see like an athlete kind of do
1: that. Yeah, because I mean, there's still a stigma today. Oh, 100%. I mean, I've talked yeah. to people who live with HIV who you know they. They have trouble bringing it up and telling people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can only imagine what the stigma would be like if we hadn't had these these notable people coming mm-hmm. forward and saying, "Look, you can get this no matter yeah. what," and just you trying know, to educate people about it. Yeah, yeah,
0: because
1: that's the biggest issue. Um, and, and taking that stigma away from you know, it, it's not a moral issue; it's a health issue, mm-hmm. right? It's not. It doesn't matter yes. who you sleep with or. You know, in, in case of, like, you know, we're living in Indiana. You're not from Indiana, but I am. But, you know, Ryan White, we learn about yeah. him in school that, you know, this was just a kid who was sick who got HIV from, I think, a blood transfusion, yeah. from hemophilia.
0: So... And he was banned from school. He was, you know... Yeah. People treated him like just walking next to him would have given them, would have killed them. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So I think all of these stories individually might not have done much, but combined, mm-hmm. I mean, we're it's just... It's something that people deal with, and it's, you know, no matter how they got it, it's still yeah. a disease. Yeah. And
0: to kind of bring up the the moral aspect of it, and maybe look a little bit more on the negative side of it, um, there's another athlete, Greg Louganis, who uh, got HIV, and he, I mean, you asked me before if he was more successful or not than Magic Johnson, which yeah. I personally think I would say yes, but he was also a diver, which is just people watch basketball more than that. So (laughs) more notable, probably not. But, I mean, people consider him the greatest diver of all time. Um, So definitely, you know, super successful athlete, went to the Olympics, and he, um, you know, was diagnosed with HIV in the mid-'80s at some point. I'm not sure if it's completely, like, we know an exact year or anything. But, um, you know, did not tell anybody about it, was not open about it, Um, competed in the 1988 Olympics, unfortunately um was diving and like hit his head on one of the platforms you know bled a lot into the pool um you know at the time he knew he had hiv and did not tell anybody Mm -hmm. and he just didn't say anything and had all these other divers you know diving into the pool everything like that it wasn't until he um i think he i think he went on oprah and told people if i remember correctly um yeah. in don't like, tell the doctors like 90- <laughs> tra- yeah do t- oprah yeah don't tell the doctors <laughs> um, who are treating your head wound yeah but uh it was the mid-90s i believe it was 95 that he came out and said that um he was diagnosed with hiv and it kind of sparked some controversy looking back on the 88 olympics because he didn't tell anybody and he just yeah. bled out into the pool and let people you know and, and the olympic committee kind of I want to say, made excuses for it, because they were like, well, you have to have an open wound, and it would have touched the, you know, you had whatever, and the chlorine would have killed it and everything else. Which, you're a lifeguard. Does chlorine kill viruses? Chlorine kills germs, but, I mean, and granted, like, I don't know the severity of the situation, but, like... HIV or not, I don't want to jump into a pool where someone's head bled out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so it just, and like, I, I don't like, the, like I was talking about before, I don't like the whole open wound concept because an open wound is literally, you could have a hangnail and you yeah. have an open I wound.
1: I mean, you're talking about athletes, you know, too, who could have yeah, you don't know whatever injury it. from yeah. practice. Or, I
0: mean, just, I mean, not, it doesn't happen often with divers, but, like, the guy that goes up right after him could smash his head on the platform, too, and then you've got, you know, the yeah. equal, you know what I mean? So, I just don't want it. It sounds if two very like if true Olympic divers yeah, smash their heads,
1: that's a bad Olympics. Yes.
0: It that's that's, yeah. um, doesn't have, we, we had someone do that here at IPY a couple
1: of No, years. like it might be a legal issue. We shouldn't talk a- about that.
0: Oh, he's open about it.
1: Everybody knows it happened. No, <laughs> I just, it, I don't know. I, IPY is not uh, responsible for oh. the injuries that happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still go here. <laughs> so, I work, I work at
0: the pool here. Okay. I we can talk about But anyway, I'm just saying. It's not frequent that it happens, but it, it definitely ha- does happen and can happen. And, uh, and, and I mean, the bottom line, though, is like I said, an open wound can literally be a hangnail. Yeah. And you're telling me, like, oh, no, everybody's safe because you didn't have an open wound. It's like, you don't know who has an open wound or not. Yeah. You, you just don't know. And so I think it's interesting to look at that because if, if there's any situation for you almost to blame the
1: the person with HIV here is like... You didn't tell anybody. <laughs> there is, there is that moral question you now, yeah, like what because what do you? Tell I, I get people, it. Yeah. I get it to some extent. You know that stigma would be terrible, mm-hmm. and and coming forward and saying, look, I have this disease. And he was mm-hmm. was he openly gay at the time? Was he out? Um, I believe so. Yeah. Cause okay. He, yeah. So I mean, I know that kind of feeds into that that stigma, but yeah. at the same time, when you're in a, con- in that, and that's well, a- diving's not a contact sport, but when you're in a sport yeah. where there's a risk for injury and bleeding, mm-hmm. there is that obligation to be open about it. And yeah,
0: again, like I wasn't alive at the time, but I can probably see how that could have sparked some, not controversy, but like, you know, here you've got an openly gay man who's also a prominent, you know, Olympic athlete that I'm sure there were people that did not know how to deal with that because, it, you know, some people are like, what? Those two things can't be the same at once yeah. like athletes can't be gay because that doesn't go with the masculine you know yeah, yeah the the whole sports thing yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's just an interesting question to pose of like
1: and yeah, we're definitely not the right people to answer that too <laughs> neither of us have you know lived with hiv and yeah, yeah. But, but it's just it's that is that anymore, moral yeah. well question. because i mean
0: it, and, and it, it comes a lot of times it comes back to like you know obviously it's a can be a sexually transmitted disease It's like do you talk about this who do you tell if you want to be open about it or not but it's like i think obviously greg Luganis was not he was just jumping in the pool but it's like i feel like you need to tell people about that
1: well like i said i think if there's if there's a risk that you know you could contaminate yeah. Some, I mean if there's I a mean, risk for it's
0: injury. Just some like a doctor at the Olympics that's gonna have to deal with you bleeding,
1: like that's something that needs to be told. Now, is there uh, a rule against HIV positive athletes competing? Because I know you said something about the NFL having a uh I was looking an up, AIDS policy I don't, when we weren't recording. Yeah, you It's not it.
0: very clear, but I was looking up, you know, doing some research for uh recording and I found like this weird article about the NFL from 1994 having, like, an AIDS policy. And it was essentially just, like, a, you know, you need to know, people need to know, like, the NFL, I guess, needs to know and record um, if if blood was spilled. (laughs) That sounds so, like, intense. But, like, you know, like, if you're bleeding, like, what happened? Where did it happen? Who did it touch kind of thing? And, like, I, I said, that just sounds very strange to me because I'm sure a lot of organizations, sports or not, have, a policy like that, like, you know, if someone gets a cut, like, we need to make sure we write it down and document that this happened, but I wouldn't necessarily call that an AIDS policy. Yeah. <laughs> I would just call that, like, a safety precaution.
1: Well, I wonder, a, you know. In that regard, that's something to look up. I wonder if that was because... if another- It wasn't 1994, so that's... It's timely
0: for it to be, like, a response to the AIDS epidemic. Well, I, I was thinking,
1: too, if, if you know, if, if a player who has HIV um, gets hurt and blood, you know, get, mm-hmm. is involved, and possibly another player contracts it, if the NFL would be liable for that. Yeah, that's a good point. So I don't know. That's, I mean, I highly doubt it, because they... The NFL isn't liable for anything. The NFL,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Even <laughs> so, if they are, they
0: aren't. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's... I don't know. Again, it's just an interesting question to pose, I guess, you know. I think the point of this whole thing here is that we don't have a lot of the answers, but... We can have a good discussion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you were saying too before when you asked, and I didn't even think about it about um, like baseball players.
1: Yeah, I was wondering had, if
0: if there the other were... thing that I mean, because you just brought it up about like oh, if a player like bleeds or something like baseball is very very it like. My two favorite sports are baseball and hockey, and they're vastly different in the fact that when people bleed in hockey, we kind of encourage it, and we're like, yay,
1: blood. Hit it harder. Yeah, yeah, hit it
0: harder. Like, another punch. In baseball, I mean, if you get the slightest amount of blood, like, there was, I don't know who I was on, it was a pitcher, though, and they were, like, they got, like, a small cut on their hand, and you're not allowed to be actively bleeding on the field, and if you get it on your That uniform, should be a rule everywhere. Like, you yes. have to go change your uniform, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's the whole...
1: Kurt Schilling question but that's another podcast.
0: Um you know it, it, there cannot be blood anywhere. This is
1: going to be so interesting because I know very little about sports and so you said Kurt <laughs> Schilling. I'm excited to learn who that is. Even very better.
0: <laughs> um we're all learning. Well he there he that it, there was a controversy about he had a bloody sock on and it's if you know you know, you know. <laughs> um, But, anyway, the point is, you know, in baseball, they're very, very, like, strict about no blood, like, anywhere on the field. Um, That's just an interesting... Like, I think it would be a lot harder to be in a situation where you could be, like, contaminated or dealing with contaminated blood or something just because they're so, like, clean. Yeah,
1: I was thinking more (laughs) along the lines of not necessarily contaminated...
0: On the field, but more, I know where you're going. Steroid use, right? Because that was a, a
1: big... Craze yeah, back in the day. Oh, it
0: still is. No,
1: <laughs> um, definitely not. Yeah, I love those people who justify it. But like, well, I pay to see it, so I want to see a good yeah. game. Like, what? I want to see a legitimate game. I personally, well, that's. I mean, that's
0: more of a question about like juicing baseballs and stuff like that. But that's you don't even know what that means, so it's fine. I don't
1: see. I'm learning um. new things. I'm going to learn so much from this yeah. podcast. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. But um probably make conversations with me a little bit more interesting yeah. when, you, when you bring up sports and mm-hmm. I just like stare at you. Mm-hmm.
0: You just got to nod and, and yeah. And agree. my roommate will attest to that, that she, I just go off about
1: sports a lot and she's like, mm-hmm. I once yeah. saw Leanne almost flip a table when the Yankees were uh, yes. eliminated from the series two years ago, the playoffs. Last year. Last year.
0: Yeah, they weren't eliminated in that game. It was the following game, but our manager made a extremely bad decision that I didn't agree with. And uh, I almost flipped my coffee table, but I didn't. So we won (laughs) in the end.
1: And you still lost.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nobody actually won, but. (laughs) Those Red Sox,
1: though. No, not not today. So this is a pretty solid example of one of those podcasts. It's just like an open-ended question. Yes. Because, I mean, we're talking about stigma surrounding like HIV, which neither of us have. You can't possibly cover all of this in 30 minutes and yeah. expect to actually
0: come away with a conclusion.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Neither of us, you know, are HIV positive. We're talking. Neither about, like, of us lived through the time that we are. No, we are discussing. You know, neither of us deal with like <laughs> yeah. stigma surrounding our sexuality. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not a successful rock star. This is just you talking about all of the privilege that we have now. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying yeah. that this, you know, this started as an idea, or this was an idea of two women mm-hmm. who are in. Again, fandoms, I hate that word. Every time We're I say it, I cringe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I say like who, communities, like the sports community. The that's a good word. Music the music community. and sports communities that are typically yeah. male dominated. Which and, so I mean
0: we de- we definitely do deal with
1: be dealing with stigma
0: because there's yeah. a stigma. But this exposed. episode
1: we no. didn't talk about our personal experiences <laughs> with it. But um But we will in the future. You just wait. Yeah, yeah. Tune in. Um but it's with Bohemian Rhapsody out in theaters now, and I, I still recommend seeing it, but just go in knowing that it is a Hollywood production, mm-hmm. um, which, take it or leave it, not a good thing, not a bad... Well, I would say it's a good thing. <laughs> it's it's a good film. It serves its Again, purpose Again, it depends on what you want. If you
0: want to go yeah. in to see a good movie, it's a good movie,
1: but... I would highly recommend watching These Are the Days of Our Lives, which is a documentary um, that has um, the surviving... member. Well... Brian May and Roger Taylor, John Deacon kind of uh, went into hiding. Uh, he came back for the '93 um, tribute concert for Freddie Mercury, and then no one really heard from him. But um, Brian May and, and Roger Taylor were in it, and they talk um, pretty um, extensively about um, AIDS and how it affected Freddie and, and the band. Um, but yeah, it was it was disappointing. A a little. There's the conclusion. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little disappointing. I mean, I don't really know what I was expecting from it, but I was expecting AIDS to be a a bigger topic than just, Mm -hmm. let's go to live AIDS, especially considering that's not what happened. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. I, again, I don't know much about sports. I like the Cubs, and uh, that's because I was born into a Cubs family, Um, but it's interesting seeing those connections and Mm -hmm. where they collide. Because that's our, that's that's our tagline. Our tag <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this first episode of Beyond the Baselines. We will be back next week with a new topic that you'll find out next week. Mostly because we don't know it yet. Yeah, <laughs> maybe through, we'll, we'll tweet something out. You can yes. follow us on Twitter at Beyond Baselines with an S because we don't know how it's spelled. Yeah, or you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A in Cooper, the Irish way. That part's not included in the <laughs> handle, but that's how my first name is spelled.
0: Yep. Or you can follow me at Leanne
1: Strollo. L e i g h a n n s t r o l l o. The Fair- Italian. I was just say, I- that's very Italian. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. Well, we won't see you, but you'll hear us next week. So stay tuned. I don't know why I winked, at you, Leanne. I'm sorry. <laughs>